Good morning. The Morning Minute is back from vacation. I hope you're having a great year so far. And speaking of new beginnings, the county finished last year by massively overhauling how it doles out grant funding for nonprofits. For Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. You and thousands of other people listen to The Morning Minute every day. It's trusted, it's personal, and you take it with you wherever you go. So if you've got a business, why not advertise on The Morning Minute and reach the thousands of people listening right alongside you wherever they are. Get in touch at loudonnow.com advertise or email us at sales at loudonnow.com. That's loudonnow.com advertise or sales at loudonnow.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. The Board of Supervisors has given Loudoun nonprofits the biggest increase in county funding since, well, since they started having a separate pool of funding in the county budget for nonprofits. Here's how it works. The county has a pool of about a million dollars. It splits up into grants for nonprofits. In fact, last year it was exactly $1,090,700. The county has picked six nonprofits that together routinely eat up about half of that funding and taken them out of the competitive grant process. Those six nonprofits are HealthWorks for Northern Virginia, Loudon Free Clinic, Northern Virginia Dental Clinic, Blue Ridge Speech and Hearing, Loudon Volunteer Caregivers, and Loudon Abused Women's Shelter. This year, the county will fund them directly. They will collectively get the same amount as they did through county grants last year, $502,519. But the million-dollar pool of funding for making grants is still there. Plus, those nonprofits are still getting the money they got before, which means, effectively, the county has increased by half the pool of money it sets aside for nonprofits. County staff picked out those six nonprofits as providing, quote, core safety net services. Or in other words, those services that assist vulnerable and disadvantaged individuals and families in meeting a critical need for safety, health, security, and independence. To get direct funding, the county picked out nonprofits that met a few criteria like experience, performance, stability, and being the primary or only source of a critical safety net service provision that local government can provide. Supervisors have been trying for years to protect nonprofit funding from the politics on the board. They've tried and talked about a great number of different formulas and processes and had a few false starts like last year when they backed off a different dramatic restructuring of nonprofit funding at the last minute. But this latest idea passed with comparatively little drama on the dais and ultimately was approved unanimously in the same vote with a bundle of other uncontroversial items on that night's agenda. For you parliamentarians out there, it was part of the consent agenda. This new process also focuses funding on what Chair Phyllis Randall has called life-sustaining rather than life-enhancing nonprofits. In other words, some recreational and cultural nonprofits may not be able to get grant funding from this pool of money anymore. It also proposes a simplified grant application process for small nonprofits applying for $5,000 or less, which may not have the staff or time for grant writing. 
The county will also be partnering with the Loudoun Human Services Network to set up a strategic plan and will donate $30,000 to the Community Foundation for Loudoun and Northern Fauquier counties to pay for a consultant. The county will also offer grant training to nonprofits. And finally, the county will be starting the grant program earlier in the year. Right now, the county announces grant funding just before the beginning of the new fiscal year, when many nonprofits need to know their budgets for the year. Chair Randall said this new process puts the focus on evidence-based numbers, so if you're a nonprofit, dot your I's and cross your T's, and make sure you've got that grant application down pat. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, it's been a couple weeks since the last Morning Minute, so let's check in on Percival. The town of Percival has put town attorney Sally Hankins and human resources manager Sharon Rauch on paid administrative leave. Interim town manager John Anzavino made the announcement on December 29th after discussions with Wilson Elser, the law firm the town hired to handle four ongoing investigations into the alleged misconduct of police chief Cynthia McAllister, former interim town manager Alex Venegas, and town attorney Hankins. According to a press release from the town, this latest round of town employees going on leave was, quote, to ensure the integrity and complete review of all open concerns and is not any indication of any offense by either party, end quote. A recap as brief as I can make it, and apologies if I left something out. Since longtime town manager Rob Lohr retired, or some would say was forced out, the town has seen its chief of police put on leave, fired, then rehired and put back on leave after the investigation that led to her firing was called into question. It was called into question in part because the person the town council picked for interim town manager, Alex Venegas, was alleged to have had an inappropriate relationship with the HR consultant he hired to lead that investigation. That consultant also had felony fraud convictions. Then he, Venegas, accused the town attorney, Hankins, of sexual harassment, and now here we are. Anyway, moving over to Leesburg, or anyway the border of Leesburg, residents of Leesburg's Fox Ridge neighborhood are asking the county to stop an application to build a large kennel at Graydon Manor across Route 7 from them and just on the other side of the Leesburg town line. The application is to permit a 30,000-square-foot kennel for up to 150 dogs and 60 cats. It would also come with a 32,000-square-foot outdoor play area for the dogs and an animal hospital. The animal hospital is already permitted by right on that property. The application is in front of the planning commission right now. County planners support approving it, but the residents have their doubts. Fox Ridge HOA President Gary Judy was among the people who turned up at the Planning Commission public hearing to speak out against the idea. He said the noise in Fox Ridge from the kennel will be too much. The applicant, Graydon Manor LLC, has agreed to noise-dampening measures inside and out of the kennel, including an 8-foot fence around the outdoor play area and limiting it to only 30 dogs outside at any one time. But Judy said while that's appreciated, it won't be enough to keep the noise out of his neighborhood. The county requires kennels to keep noise down to 50 decibels at the property line, which is slightly quieter than normal speech. But Judy said in practical terms, that's very difficult to enforce. And he pointed out, of course, Fox Ridge residents don't all have decibel meters sitting around. The planning commission sent the idea to a work session for more discussion. Graydon Manor was built in the early 1900s as a summer home, then converted to a group home for epileptic children in 1957. It went on to serve as a psychiatric facility until 2016. The property is between Rust Nature Sanctuary to the north and the W&OD Trail to the south. 
And a man in Sterling was arrested Friday on suspicion of supporting terrorism after a year-long investigation and a raid. According to court documents, Sean Andrew Duncan was arrested for destroying evidence in the FBI's investigation of his link to ISIS. The investigation of Duncan's conduct began early in 2016 when he and his wife, then Pittsburgh area residents, were interviewed by the FBI after they were denied entry to Turkey. A relative had also alerted the FBI that Duncan had become radicalized. This month, investigators found he created a Twitter account back in 2015 based on an Arabic phrase that roughly translates to the Islamic State, which is what ISIS claims to be. Duncan moved to Sterling in June, shortly after the death of his infant child. That month, the Allegheny County, Pennsylvania Police Department searched his phone as part of an unrelated investigation into that death. They found internet searches for ISIS-related material and shared that with the FBI. He was also alleged to have had contact with a female foreign detained ISIS supporter who told the FBI he expressed interest in joining ISIS and conducting an attack in the U.S. He gave her instructions on making homemade bombs and asked her to go to Syria and be his second wife, according to the affidavit. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, The Horse and the Camera, an exhibition of work from 1870 to 1960, is on display at the National Sporting Library and Museum in Middleburg. It's open from Wednesday to Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, yada, 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 is it something silly to tell your friends? I'm still not 100% back from the holiday, I'll be honest. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, it's great to be back. Have a great day. Have a great day.